0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thank you so much for listening. This is where I have conversations with people who are living life on their own terms. We dive into those big moments that have pushed them through the fears and self-limiting beliefs that hold so many of us back. Now, we all have choices in our lives. And often when we say we can't do something, it is because we have already said yes to something else. And there is that old saying that you can have everything... You just can't have it all at the same time. Well, my guest today, Evie Farrell, she'd been saving up money to renovate her kitchen. And even though she had gone through the design process, flicked through so many magazines and walked in into showroom floors, she just couldn't bring herself to finally pay the money for this new kitchen. She kept thinking to herself that, you know what, in 10 years' time, My daughter is not gonna thank me if I renovate this kitchen for her, but she is gonna thank me if I give her the experience of traveling through Asia for 18 months. So that is exactly what she did. Evie packed up her life in Sydney and spent the kitchen money on an 18-month adventure through Asia with her six-year-old daughter. In this episode, we talk about stepping sideways in life, the material waste that we have in our life, the joy of traveling with kids, And how making things happen is not as hard as some people might think it is. Evie made the best decision in my mind, as a beautiful kitchen table is determined by the people around it and not the material that it is made out of. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Evie Farrell. Hi, Evie. How are you?
1: Hi, I'm well. Thank you.
0: And whereabouts in this wonderful world do I find you today?
1: Uh, we're in Hoi An in Vietnam at the moment. It's, just, it's a beautiful, beautiful part of the world and we've been having a great time here for the past five weeks. But that, um,
0: that, does, that, that, that accent sounds a little bit Australian to me. Would that be correct?
1: <laughs> Very much Australian. We um, Emily and I, my, my six-year-old daughter, are uh, from uh, Cronulla in southern Sydney.
0: Got you. And I know that we'll dive into your wonderful travels with your daughter, Emily, throughout our conversation, but deciding to travel solo through Asia for 18 months with your six-year-old daughter doesn't just happen overnight. So so take me back a few years and describe mm-hmm. how life was like for you back in Australia before you had made that decision that you wanted to travel.
1: Um. Well, I suppose... Ever since Emily was born um her father and I split up when she was quite young so I was back at work very quickly and I haven't had the luxury of being able to spend a lot of time with Emily and as she got older particularly um last year when she started school she was you know going to school sitting behind a desk in southern sydney and I was travelling um over to north sydney to work and there just wasn't a lot of time to spend together so what I would do is organise overseas trips for us, We'd go away for two and three weeks at a time just to really connect because I really felt that we were, you know, we were losing that connection and I didn't have, unfortunately, a lot of time to spend with her. And as everyone knows, weekends are taken up with, you know, jobs and shopping and, and everything we have to do around a home. Um, so I was looking for a way that I could spend more time with her and we could really enjoy each other um, you know, kids aren't young for long. And and I knew that I couldn't do that um, in Australia, unfortunately. I just I couldn't quit my job and be able to afford to live and pay the mortgage. Uh, then I realized that it was really cheap to travel through Asia. We did a little test run to Borneo in Malaysia and we just had the most wonderful time and I thought this is how I can make it work.
0: Yeah, it's so true and I completely agree with you that – sometimes we allow life and, and, and sometimes we, we can't really control it and it really does suck so much of our time and it pulls us in directions that we don't really go. Was there Was there a moment or was it really that trip uh, away to Borneo that you went, you, you know what, this is the time to do this?
1: I was I was talking to one of my girlfriends and she just asked me a really simple question and she said, what would make you happy? And I said, you know, if I could spend time with Emily and I explained to her about how when we were traveling, we had the best time together. And she said, well, why can't you do that? And I thought, what? Why can't I do that? And I think it was a real, um, it really opened my mind and my eyes because I had, I look at it now, I explain it as I'd, I'd always lived within the lines. Mm. I'd been brought up like many people that you kind of follow a certain path. And I don't think I'd ever really questioned that. So I've I'd you know gone to school gone to university um I got a good job um I worked you know numerous jobs working really really hard and I never really thought about going sideways and when we had that conversation I I just realized that you can live life however you want we don't have to follow this path that we're set upon mm-hmm. and that was a yeah that was really quite an amazing it seems very simple but it was really eye opening for me, and that made me realize that hey you know there's there's so many things that so many ways um that that we can live our life together, and the way for us that I can get what I need, uh, which is time with m, is for us to travel. We both loved it i've traveled all my life, and it just seemed like the the right thing for us to do
0: and so like and that's so true, I think we all get stuck in that you know you do this and you do that but how how did you then take that sideways step you know you you, you your friend who was so supportive kind of asked that question to yep. you how did you then kind of go about and go all right i'm going to give this some some good thought and you know what what were what were some of those i guess those barriers that you had to um overcome
1: well <sighs> That's a really hard question because it it actually was quite simple. So we did the test run to Borneo. I think the barrier, the biggest barrier for me was actually verbalising it to everybody. Um, I felt that people might think it was a really crazy thing to do, but I knew myself that it was the right thing to do. Uh, But everyone was really supportive. Another friend said, look, you know, nothing's going to change at home. So what have you got to lose? Um, And... I guess the barriers, though, that we put in front of ourselves are things like, so when you're going on a big trip like this, a lot of people would say, well, because I quit my job, so what if you don't get a job when you get back? Or, um, you know, what if you can't get Emily back into school? Or what if she falls behind in school? And, you know, there's a lot of questions like that. And I knew straight away that I couldn't focus on that because if you focus on the negative or, you know, the barriers, as you said – that can stop you from making big decisions and from jumping off and i thought you know what i'm just going to you know i'll deal with that when we get back
0: yeah it's because it's, that's
1: not for me to worry about right now
0: and and there are oh, it's kind of one of the big things that i'm about like no one knows what's happening in january 2017 So why are we worrying about it now? You know, whatever happens will happen. So if we can kind of keep doing the things that excite us and make us happy and help us grow, if we keep doing those things today, then tomorrow is going to kind of take care of itself. You know, I completely agree with you about kind of focusing on the things that you want to have happen instead of the things that you don't want to have happen.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that's the big thing because – you know, you think about the negative or if I can't get a job when I get back or whatever, but you don't really think about the positive. Well, what if I come back and land the most amazing job that I've ever had in my life that I wouldn't have got if I'd stayed on the path I was on? Mm. So, I mean, it's just a flipping your mind um, and just focusing on, on what you're doing rather than what potential negatives could be down the track, which may never, ever eventuate.
0: Yeah, it's so true. Your um, unrenovated kitchen... <laughs> has, has a little bit to do with, with your traveling story. Surprise, surprise. But it's mm-hmm. I, I'd love you to explain that because I think it is is like such an important aspect that people need to understand when they want to make these big changes in their lives or to kind of, as you beautifully put it, like step sideways, that sometimes yeah. other things that were on that other path need to need to change a little. So if you could talk about that for a little bit for me, I'd really love it.
1: Um, So the kitchen, uh, I mean, it's an old kitchen, we have an old house. And I'd been really focusing on that. And I'd saved money, and I really wanted to renovate it. And I think I was driving my friends crazy, because I was constantly talking about it, I was getting plans done, I was, you know, looking into every detail. But I could never finally commit the money. But I, I, you know, I kept talking about it, and kept, um, you know, planning it. And then when I decided to travel i had absolutely no problem spending the money on travel so i guess it all comes down to you know what's important to you and as i said i i couldn't commit the money to the kitchen but i can spend it on things that maybe other people don't think are so important but which to me is a perfect way to spend the money i, I say to people you know in 10 years or 5 years or even now emily's not going to say you know, I wish we had a beautiful kitchen at home. Or if we'd got the kitchen, you know, she's not going to say, Mom, I have so many wonderful experiences in that kitchen. Um, But, you know, we we already now talk about all the incredible things that we've done as a result um, of of, of spending the money. And I think that also kind of ties in with, um, you know, when we were packing up the house to go, I had so much stuff So much stuff, so much wasted money, so much things that I'd bought because I thought I needed them and I thought they would make me happy. And I also knew that if I got a new kitchen, I might be thrilled with it for a day, a week, a month. But after that time was up, I'd be on to the next thing. It would be a new bathroom I'd be saving for or something else, something else physical that was going to make my life more beautiful. And, you know, nothing that you buy I think can – can measure up in any way to the amazing experiences that you have as a family, uh, with so much less stress in your life, so many wonderful new experiences shared with your children, and to me, that's just more valuable than anything that I could own.
0: And and you must be, um, I'm gathering, travelling around with with a backpack or two, mm. so your life is literally all in that. And and have you gone without? Like you don't have all those things that you had at home. And I guess you know Inga, my wife and I. And our, our little girl, Andy, we all went through the same thing. We, we went through a, a, a purging process and that realization that we, didn't, we don't need all this stuff and pretty much decluttered 50% of our belongings. And it's amazing that when, when, you, when you get rid of the, the excess, it's just beautiful to see kind of what you've, you've created this space for the, the beauty to kind of float to the top and then what, what you can really experience and what you really value.
1: I absolutely agree. So I've just packed up our bags because we're getting a flight uh, tonight to Manila in the Philippines. We have one 65-litre backpack that I carry. It generally weighs between 18 and 20 kilos. Um, That's got everything um, that we have between us. So that carries uh, medical clothes, shoes. We have a couple of pairs, a sleeping sheet, rain jackets. Um, We have some electronics. Um that's kind of about it. I think I've got those little, um, what do they call them? You know, the little bags that you kind of compartmentalize within uh, your pack. Yeah. So we have everything in the packing cubes. And then Emily and I both have a day pack. So Em's day pack is generally filled just with her toys, some games, uh, pen and pencils, paper. And my backpack has my camera and the passports and generally a bit of junk that Em sneaked in there as well. <laughs> and And I mean, that's it. That's it. We don't need anything else. I have a, f- a few bits and bobs of clothes. I don't really wear any makeup. I chuck my hair up in an elastic band. Um, we just don't need the things that we had. When we were at home, Emily had a toy room full of just of so much stuff. She never played with it because I think she was overwhelmed. And here she has a few choice little things that she'll – and we will play for hours together. And we'll also do things – so much more together outside that's learning and, you know, educational and, and it doesn't have to be, you know, sitting inside in a toy room expecting your kids to pick up some pieces of plastic and entertain themselves for hours. I, I completely
0: agree with that. A, a toy room in a sense is, all right, child, Here here is all you can use right now. This is all that you're allowing your imagination to kind of do. And, it, and again, it kind of is – maybe how you and i were brought up kind of set on that path in a sense where when you actually open the doors to the to the outside world and you say go out and play there is just it's it's endless possibilities of of where their mind wants to 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 go and roam and learn and play it's um i 100% agree with that 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 less outside is so much better
1: yeah and i think for me it was a bit of a cop out as well because i didn't have that much time. So when I needed to do something, I kind of expected that Emily would, you know, engage with whatever she had um, and play in that toy room. But now we get to do so many things together outside and learn that way. And so just, you know, having the luxury of time with her is is so huge as well.
0: And you, you said earlier that you traveled a lot um, throughout your life. And was showing your daughter other countries and cultures, you know, why was, why was that really important to you?
1: Well, I guess, you know, when kids are young, they're learning about the world around them from what they see and what they experience. So for me, I just, I just want Emily to have just really open eyes when it comes to the differences uh, of the way people do things, because you know we become these creatures of routine and habit, and we do the same things over and over again. And while we're on the road, we're never doing that. And she's playing with kids from all over the world, um, from different backgrounds. You know, she she played with um, children from the Bajau Laut, the sea gypsy tribe in in Mabul in Borneo, and they live in in small shacks. Um, on the beach and she's played cards with people in Malaysia, you know, on the floor of the airport. She's floated in bamboo rafts with other children. She's just, she's meeting kids and just learning that there's so much of difference but there's this, like, commonality between all of them. You've seen children, they, they're they just open and they just love each other and they become friends very quickly and I think that's just it's so nice to see that I can foster that in a different environment.
0: Mm. When, when I've, uh, and it's so true, like when I've traveled through Asia, the, the children I find are just, they, they just have these smiles planted on their face the whole time. And it's um, beautiful to see how kids and all over the world really gravitate and, and kind of play with each other. It's, um, I was going to say, it's a shame that I, I don't know where we lose that as adults or where we, we lose it as. Do you know what I mean? Like we don't seem to – yeah. To, to we seem to put up our own personal barriers in front of us for whatever reasons, but I could be going off on a random tangent there.
1: No, but I remember when I was backpacking and I was younger, it's a whole different life. It's a very simple life and you're not – I just remember thinking – because what you're all kind of just with a backpack and wearing a singlet and shorts, there's no judgments made when you first look at someone, you're not seeing how they dress or wanting to know where they work, or we're not putting up those kind of like assumptions or judgments mm. upon other people. So I think it's, it's got to do with that where you can just have, accept people on face value and just have a bit of fun. I think we're, we just live these very structured lives that it's nice to just break out of that.
0: Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head there. We don't, we stop kind of comparing ourselves to to people when we travel. Have, have you found though, when you, you're traveling, you know, you're a single mother traveling with your daughter through Asia. Have you had any like dicey, scary moments or, or is it all, all no. mean? No, that's great. You know, cause
1: it's none at all.
0: Yeah. That sorry. Is. No, 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 sorry. I, I didn't mean to cut you off there.
1: I find that, People actually really look out for us. And I th- I think that's really kind. Um I think a lot of the time locals you know, people always love seeing others come in and spend time in their communities and just kind of slow down and, and get to know them. And I think, you know, that's really important and I've I've never felt unsafe or insecure with Emily in any way. But that said, um and a lot of people ask this question, but you know, we're vigilant with our children when we're at home. That doesn't change when you're travelling. You still have the same level of care for your kids. I, I do. I did expect that um, I would need to hold Em's hand the whole time. I was looking into things where I would be able to connect us with some kind <laughs> of, you know, strap or something. I was worried. And since we've been here, I let her run around. I've always got my eyes on her. But, you know, we don't do anything silly. We're rarely out. You know after dark wandering the streets or anything like that, but i've I've never felt fearful in in any way
0: yeah it's it's interesting i in this trip that we've been on at the moment, a lot of it has been spent in the countryside here in, in the us and i have I've have let Andy roam so much more and And especially when we 're on properties and it's just like, "Hey, go out and have fun and but then when we we do kind of go to the cities and things like that, I am a little bit more cautious just because there are more people around and things like that but I really feel that ninety nine point nine percent of the people in the world are great people that really just want yep. that, that, that are just looking for the same thing like how do I get through the day how do i yeah how do I provide for my family how how am I, how, how am i living with a smile on my face and all that kind of thing and to meet new people is really brings joy into people's lives i believe
1: yeah i've i've found that a lot and i think kids really help with that too because kids are great connectors and i think that emily and her openness has allowed us to make these great connections with families um and with people wherever we go and that to me is really rewarding because I like making those connections as well but I found things like we did um chuff off over to Paris for a little bit and when we arrived we were walking uh we were walking along and I saw some people playing a or boules, and I thought wow that looks great I'd love to play that and I would never stop and asked to play. But Emily ran over and started chatting and said, oh, can I have a go? You <laughs> know, very Australian. Can I have a go? They're like, of, of course. So we spent our first morning there, like playing this game with local people. And we stayed there for about an hour. We had a wonderful time. That wouldn't have happened without a child doing it. Because again, we're in this, oh, I don't want to ask. I don't want to intrude. Like, The s- kids just open up these opportunities.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because – People always ask me, you know, what's it like traveling with a kid? It must be so hard. And I'm just like, are you serious? Traveling with a kid is is easy. Like one, I think kids are more resilient than adults. They seem to just go with the flow a lot better. And you're right. They just open up these connections. When I look back at some of the great aspects of our trip and some of the things that we've done, it has really been because of Andy you know she's the one who's who started that conversation or someone's come up because of her or she's doing something crazy in a restaurant that that other people are looking at then we start a conversation with those people and then they're inviting us over to their dinner uh, to their house for dinner it's it's so true that, that that connection that kids do make when you travel
1: yeah absolutely and even from as you said just people smiling at kids and being friendly towards children opens up those opportunities to talk and get to know local people as well so yeah kids bring so much to the to the experience and you know i i kind of i I talk a lot about like what this trip i hope that it brings emily but i'm actually getting so much out of it just from those experiences that i wouldn't have otherwise if i was traveling with friends or traveling you know by myself so Mm Yeah. Kids, kids are just, a, they're so great to have along. They, they bring so much joy in so many ways when you're on the road. And they do. And, and
0: the hard things about children are the exact same things that you have back home. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't, it doesn't mean that it's just easy the whole time. There's still, they're still kids, but you, you have that back at home. So why not take that on the road with you and kind of enjoy all those other experiences as well. But I've also found when you talk about like what you're getting from this experience and what you're learning um I find that being with Andy so much I and I'm seeing her grow and develop I I'm trusting her judgment more. I'm like less controlling of her. I'm I'm understanding hey she's she is more capable of doing certain things on her own. Mm-hmm. And I, I find that as a, as a parent, as a, as, a, as a great reward, because now when we do go back home, I'm like, I've kind of said this before. And, and, and what it's about is I always, before I might've said no first and then thought about it. And if I wanted to change it to a yes, if she asked me something where now what I do is I say, yes, yep. Not a problem. And then if I have to like rethink that or, or my wife Inga will look at me and she goes, she just asked if she could kind of climb that rose bush. Is that mm-hmm. really the best thing? But, but my first thought now is yes, because I've seen all the great things that she can do.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I find that a lot with Emma, and I like as well that I think through involving her with decision making, like we're a little team. So we talk about what we're going to do and we plan together. And I think that's brilliant for kids because a lot of the time, because we're rushing around so much at home, we're like, okay, we're going to do ABC today. Like it's all kind of pre-planned for them. Whereas in our travels, we get to talk and she needs, she gets to take on this like role where she can contribute and know that she's contributing. And, you know, if you just feel really valued in that way and uh, by the same token, if there's stuff that she really doesn't want to do, I don't force her to do it. And some of our, you know, lovely little experiences have come because we've changed plans. We haven't done what we were going to do and we've just discovered other little kind of hidden beauties wherever we're going because we've just done what what suits Emmy on the day. You know, it is all about compromise um, and she's, you know, she's a good little negotiator and I think as well that like she – I say that she's unflappable. I mean we've been on overnight trains in China and I, I, like I booked the wrong carriage in this like awful third-class sleeper and she didn't mind, no problem, no tears, no tantrums. She just sucked it up and she does that, you know, 99% of the time because she's used to having different experiences now and that just makes it so easy so easy but I suppose the other side of the coin is when because we've been in Hoi An now for five weeks and she went into the international school to go from a um, relationship where we kind of were, like I said, a team with decision if you're off to school was a little bit challenging because the role then reverted back to what we were in before.
0: And and speaking of schooling, the 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 Skype kind of maybe cut out a little bit there. So sorry if you're about to repeat yourself. But like speaking of schooling, Emmy is at that schooling age. So what are you what are you doing on the road with her? Because that's kind of one of the reasons, I guess, why we're kind of pull. You know, we're only doing it for a year. Andy starts school next February in kindergarten. She was four while we were travelling. So we're going back for her schooling. Like, how are you doing the whole school thing on the road?
1: But the New South Wales Education Department has an awesome program called the Sydney Distance Education Program. And I think it was originally developed because there's so many remote families in Australia that some of them don't have access to a classroom. But traveling families can use this program so I teach Emmy the curriculum while we're on the road and that's been like the hardest part for me because I thought it would be this incredibly rewarding bonding experience and it just became a battle every single day it was very very difficult which is why I was thrilled to put her into school for a month and take the pressure off but she has a a class and a teacher and she has one-on-one Skype sessions with her teacher every week and they have classroom activities and choir um it's a really well developed program, and it's been, you know, fabulous for us. Apart from, you know, my challenges in being a teacher. I, I rank a one out of ten as a teacher. Says Em. <laughs> and, and why do you th- why do you
0: think that is?
1: I think it's just I don't know. I guess again, like we have to get into a different kind of role where I'm getting her to do things, and I probably could. You know, the next three months on the road, we're going back to that scenario again. So I'm just going to try and make it a little bit more fun for her. Um, You know, I've got a point system in place now where she needs to earn points. So hopefully that kind of bribery will help as well. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, she just absolutely loves her teacher, Miss Belinda, at Green Shoots here in Hoi An. Emily would do anything for her. Um, And she's having a wonderful, wonderful time at the school. So... Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just me. I, but I <laughs> I'm But
0: <laughs> Well, I think kids are also different for their parents to, to strangers and teachers. But I think there is an art about teaching. Do you know what I mean? Where I, yeah. I, I find with me, like, I love kids. Give me give me eight kids. Give me 30 kids and I'll have those, those kids having fun and controlled. No problem. One-on-one, especially when I'm teaching, and I find this with Andy too, and we're going through writing and all that kind of stuff, I don't. Because I'm not a teacher, I don't know the level that she's meant to be at. So when I'm like here, you know, draw the C or draw the B or whatever, and I'm like, well, I've shown you once, you should be able to pick it up. But then I have to keep walking away and going, Mike. She's she's not 36 like you, and you know, in a yeah. cu- in a couple of years, her handwriting's probably going to be better than yours. So I'd be careful. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah I think as well for me I I want to get the work done and get out and explore as well and she does too but um like I said I probably could take a little bit more time and make it a bit fun rather than like okay here's the worksheet like spell this word I need to you know be a bit more creative (laughs) yeah you know I I think it's a, Like I said, it's a really great program and it gives families the opportunity to travel and do the work on the road. And it goes all throughout. I know it goes all throughout infants and um, unfortunately for us, because of Emmy's age, it's all um, work that we get sent to us every few months. So I have to carry it around in my backpack. But as the kids get older, it's all online. So that makes it so simple. You just log them in and off you go.
0: And I think too it just goes to show that there are always, again, kind of back to those barriers that sometimes we put in front of us and we'll use traveling as an example, but I think it goes really for anything in life. We go, oh, I can't travel because my kids are in school or I can't travel because I've got all of this stuff. Once you actually kind of sit back and start to work through those stuff, if, if that's what you really want to do, you'll find that there are these solutions already there that you can use you know I always say to people like you are never first don't worry about it you might be the first yeah. person to do something in your friendship group so when you're talking to the people that you hang around and your family and they're like wow that's impossible you can never do that once you actually break out of that and do some kind of research you're never the first to do anything and there's always solutions for your problems that are already there
1: there are so many groups on Facebook and, like, I've got a great um, community on Instagram. There's so, there's so many traveling families that are sharing their experiences and their photographs that are really inspiring. And, I mean, you just have to hunt them down. And another great thing we do is if we're going into a big town, I look up the expats page on facebook there's usually like a page for expat families in whether whatever town or city we're heading to and so sometimes we'll organize play dates or just see what's on and go and hang out with families and learn more Um, and we will get to bond with children as well so that's also really good there's so much information out there as you said that's just so helpful and people want to share and want to help because as you know when you're on the road it's such an incredible experience. You want everyone to do it. Mm. So, everyone just helps. Yeah, there's if people are considering doing this, there, there is there's just an abundance of information around.
0: Oh, that's so cool. And and speaking of tips and helping, I'm hoping you might be able to give me a few here, but you know, you're traveling for so long and I imagine that you know, you have to be a bit mindful of where you're spending money and things like that. So, like what are some of the of your tips for like traveling on a budget?
1: Um, well, (laughs) I'm not so great with our budget, to be honest, because what I like to do is we, we don't have a consistent low budget. We'll go low, like at the moment, our accommodation is $20 US a night. Staying long term is really, really worthwhile because you'll generally get a discount on your accommodation and that's across Airbnb or local guest houses. So I think, I mean, that's a good tip for families to just have a look at um, discounts on longest um, But and, and we're spending about another $20 a day on food because it is very, very cheap here. But I also like to make sure that we don't miss out on experiences because they might be a little bit more expensive. So I just try and manage us through by... Being quite um, budget conscious, some days to be able to afford other things that we want to do. And mm-hmm. yeah, um, in Asia, flights are really cheap, but you need to also look at the local airlines. So if you're only using um, search uh, flight search engines, whatever they're called, <laughs> like Skyscanner, which is unreal, um, and other kayak. Um, Google Flights, that's great. That can give you an indication of costs. But find out who the local carriers are and what their domestic airlines are. In Malaysia, there's Fireflies. You can use Melindo Air. Um, In Borneo, you can use an airline called Mass Wings. You might not find them on the mainstream um, websites. but If you have a look, you can pick up really, really, really cheap flights that are sometimes cheaper than taking the train or the bus. So I think just doing that little bit of extra research can save you a lot of money and also a lot of time. But that said, you know, taking local transport cheaply is really, really fun. I mean, M on one of our, I think it was like a 13-hour train ride in China had, you know, the whole carriage involved in doing selfies and everyone was singing songs. And it was just a really cool experience. And, you know, we stayed in hostels in China that were really, really cheap and she had a great time like she was sitting down learning card tricks off israeli backpackers and folding um paper planes you know it's it's i think a lot of people feel that to go cheap in accommodation is to go to places that are going to be dirty and dangerous and that's just not the case hostels these days are really well run and and really beautiful they have beautiful gardens and ponds and, and common areas so Going, I, I, think, um, I think a
0: lot of that has to do too. and sorry to cut you off, is because right. cause now with the, with the internet, everyone's reviewing things. So if, if, if it is a bad experience, everyone's going to know about it and the business isn't going to survive. But I 100% agree with you there that sometimes when you live like the local, well, not sometimes, mm-hmm. all the time, when you live like a local, and I think that's where you get the most out of traveling, that's also where the really fun experiences are on the road. Mm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's where it's great for kids as well because that's when they're having those really hands-on moments in that you can, you know, for us in China, one of the amazing things we did was camp on the Great Wall of China overnight, which was just incredible and mind-blowing for both of us. But one of our great highlights as well was that hostel where Em met all, the tra- all those travellers and just got to engage with different people. So you can have some really amazing moments that are just very, very simple.
0: Mm. And, you know, I've got two final questions before we go because I know that you are catching up a flight. You've got to leave your hotel <laughs> in about 15 minutes. But has this experience, like, changed you as a mother?
1: I think I still... I still work on a lot of things because, as you said before, the challenges that we have on the road are very similar to the challenges we had at home—meal times, bedtimes, manners, schoolwork. So, in that way, you know, there's still a lot of similarities with home where I need to be and more patient to get things done. I definitely think that allowing Emily more freedom and allowing her to contribute more to our life has just made me um, much more satisfied because I get to see growth in her that I wouldn't have seen before apart from the fact that I was always at work I just I didn't have that long-term view of her as a little person because I just I just physically wasn't seeing it so it's it's made me much more connected to her and much more understanding of her as a, as a little person, as a little developing person, and I just feel very, very fortunate that we made, that we made this choice because I know when she gets older and she wants to do her own stuff, I have had the luxury of being able to spend all of this time with her.
0: Yeah, and, and it's, time is really the big thing that I've learned from from our trip is that it really is the true currency, and you know similar to you I'm, I'm so lucky to be able to have had such a, such a beautiful year with Andy when she was, you know, four, like her age of four will always be such a huge fond memory. Like every memory that I have with her will be a huge fond memory, but it's just a real special time in her development that, and you know, we're really lucky that we were able to have this opportunity to do it.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think making it happen is just not as hard as people think it's, it. To me, when I look back, the hardest thing was really packing up the house and preparing to leave. And when we walked through departures at Sydney Airport, Em had a few little tears because we'd said goodbye to the family on the way out. And then we were just so excited. And it's just been an amazing adventure ever since. And it's been a, a thousand times easier than I thought. I didn't even think it would be that difficult, but it just hasn't been any kind of struggle at all. So, I think people may think that it, it is hard on the road, but it is it is really easy and it 's so rewarding and it 's so beautiful and it 's such a great bonding moment for families that you know get the hard stuff done, pack up the house, sort all your bills out and all your automated payments, get rid of all the stuff and um, and set off
0: uh, i I second that, and now uh, my final question for today. Evie, is one that I ask all my guests, and that is to describe your perfect day.
1: Perfect day. Oh, our perfect day is just waking up naturally and going out into nature and whether that's going down to the beach and just wandering around and looking at shells or crabs and having a paddle or being in the jungle and going and, you know, going for a walk and just having that silence and that peace where we can just really connect the two of us because to me that sets up the day ahead and that's such a contrast to days at home where everything's on a schedule and you're jumping out of bed with an alarm to rush off to work and to school and to experience that kind of over and over again while you while we're traveling is just it's truly magical.
0: Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. It's really interesting is that, and I've only just figured this out now. A lot of people, when I ask that question, one of the first things is the whole waking up without an alarm. And that, that is really something that we can, that people can kind of put into their own life. Like, even if you need to get up at a certain time, like, can you get to bed earlier? You know, do you know what I mean? Like the morning has a lot to do with the, with the night before, but um, anyway, we can't go on that tangent. Cause I know you've got, to, you've got to catch a plane, <laughs> but I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your beauty, your beautiful story, but also for just giving it a go, like for stepping over those, even if they were, I, you know, those barriers in, in mental barriers, but just to really give it a go and give your daughter, such a, a, a beautiful experience. I think it is, is so wonderful. But if people do want to reach out to you, Evie, uh, and follow your journey, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Uh, I have a blog. It's um, mumpacktravel.com. It's spelled M-U-M-P-A-C-K uh, travel. And we're also on Instagram under the same handle, mumpacktravel. So they can send me messages. Like I love talking to people and sharing our experiences and I'm happy to like help out wherever I can.
0: Oh, brilliant. And I'll make sure that all the links are in the show notes at liveimmediately.com. Is there anything that I've missed out or anything that you want to say before we say our final goodbyes?
1: No, I've just really enjoyed Talking with you, it's been great to just have so many – it's always good when you're talking to people who experience what you experience because it's – you know, we have so many shared feelings and, and, and adventures and ways of looking at things. And I – as I've said before, if, if people could just give this a shot, I think they'll just love it as much as we do.
0: Ah. Uh-huh. I agree. Well, thank you so much um, again, Evie, and and have safe travels. Um, Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And until next time, have fun and live immediately.